Dr. Kathy Cook is the founder and president of Celebrate Kids, based in Fort Worth, Texas. She's an author, she's a speaker, an educational psychologist, and a former teacher. And today, she's gonna discuss five core needs that are essential for thriving in life. Kathy, thanks so much for joining us. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for the invitation. And it's so great because we've done this before uh, via uh, telecommunication, right. but now we're in person and this is so much better. Totally. You, you've written books that have helped me and my wife and our six kids. And one of them is this book, Five to Thrive. Um, Eight Great Smarts is another great book. Uh, we'll have to talk about that on another episode. But, but you talk about how to determine if your core needs are being met. Um, Kathy, what, what do you mean by core needs? What, what is a core need? Something that has to be met or will flounder. Something that has to be met or we won't thrive, we'll be distracted, we won't be fulfilled. We might even be angry because there's something inside of us that's unsettled and not focused. Not a want, but a need. And not just a need like coffee, which is actually a want, but a core need. <laughs> I think with me, it's a need. I don't... <laughs> well, what, what, what motivated you to, to study this particular topic? I mean, you discovered these five core needs. Is that something that was just obvious to you? Or were you finding like people have these things and we have to identify them? Yeah, great question. I was a professor at the time that I began working with this model of these five needs. And I was working with some colleagues, teaching them to public school social workers and guidance counselors because mm. my heart is for kids. And I wa was watching them, even back in the day, floundering and being unsettled. Yeah. And we taught these core needs and we watched these guidance counselors and school counselors have a lot of aha reactions that this is what is missing. You know, a, a lack of focus on the right things and an inappropriate magnified focus on the wrong things. Like it's all about grades. If you focus all about grades, you're going to be a desperate student. If this is a need, are you saying that God created sort of these uh, holes, these vacuums that are there for a real purpose? Why, why would he do that? I believe that these five core needs that we're talking about are wired into us by God in our DNA, specifically so we would find him because he mm. is the solution to all five core needs, which I'm looking forward to talking with you and all of our listeners about. So I do think that these core needs are God's design for us that we would find him and also have healthy relationships here on earth. Wow, that's fantastic. Because when I think of in the Garden of Eden, God creates Adam and Eve, everything's perfect. We have everything that we need, but wait a minute. <laughs> There's got to be some sort of a vacuum that is also designed into us for us to uh, desire and then appreciate mm. relationship, mm. right? I love because, that. Because if I'm sufficient in and of myself, I mean, even the Trinity, yeah. has relationship within the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's something there oh. that is sort of brilliant in the way God designed us with these holes. Absolutely. He, like, he is unity. He is belonging in and of himself, but still creates us that we would know him and belong to him, which is amazing that he would want us to have a relationship with him. Yeah. And then, yeah, we're created to have a relationship here on earth because it matters. So that is a core need. Kathy, what happens if these five core needs are not met in a person? Uh, well, I would, I would say this, Kirk, they have to be met. So they're either met in healthy ways or unhealthy ways. So as an example, Kirk, one of our needs is for security. So if a parent has security in their children's ability, right, I am secure because my children are brilliant. That's right. I am secure because my child has memorized all the Bible verses that they were assigned for the week, right? right? Then they put again the pressure on the kids. So their security is in their children's ability, which is so unfair to any child. We should not place our security in somebody else's ability to be a certain way. 
all right? Or my identity is, I'm, I'm his mom. Like, I am his mom. So now right. it's like, I'm nobody except his mom. Right. Which is really dangerous, because what if now he launches, and now who am I? Right. Right? Not to mention the pressure it puts on the child to keep being that kid whose mom she wants to be. Absolutely. Right. Right. It's a mess. Um, so if we are seeking counterfeit um, solutions to these core needs, how would we know it? Oh, that's such a great question. I think inside we're angry because it doesn't work. We, we are trying to meet a legitimate wired into us core need, but it can't be met by popularity, perfectionism, performance, you know, income, my own strength. And so we're not satisfied, then we're angry, right? And then we're stressed, then we're depressed. And then I think we start to use people because now they have to perform so that I feel better. So it's always about me, self-centered, selfish, all the negative character qualities that you and I see, unfortunately, everywhere we go, I think could be rooted in this reality that people are trying to satisfy something that they are lacking, but they're looking in the wrong places. Wow. Yeah. In your, in your book, uh, Five to Thrive, you talk about asking some pretty deep questions like, who am I? Mm -hmm. uh, why am I alive? Yeah. Um, who, who do I trust? Who wants me? Um, those are hard questions to answer. I mean, I might say, who am I? Well, I'm, I'm Kirk Cameron. I'm, <laughs> I'm the host of Takeaways. Or I'm Kathy's friend. Or I'm Chelsea's husband. Or I'm my, my kid's father. Or maybe I'm a child of God. Mm. What strategies can we use to answer some of these deep questions? Wow. Well, first of all, we have to ask the right questions and ask the deep questions. I think it's actually really healthy. You know, who do I trust? That'll wake you up. You know, if you have mm. nothing that you can say there, no wonder you're lacking relationship and joy and confidence to take a risk. If you have no one in your world who's on your side, yeah. you're going to isolate, you're going to be alone, you, you'll plateau rather than grow. And so I think the questions need to be asked because they can result in the truth that we're looking for. Things like, who am I? You know, I'm, I'm Kirk Cameron, I'm the host of Takeaways, you know, et cetera. Uh, what I love to say to people is write down 20 answers to the question. And mm. Kirk, it's so challenging. The first five to eight are really easy, yeah. right? Like I'm Kathy Cook, I'm a woman, I'm a daughter, I'm a daughter, I'm a you know, sister-in-law, et cetera. But to go all the way to 20, and where would child of God be on your list? Would it be in the top five? Would it be, oh wait, number 20, I better add something yeah. about my relationship with Christ? So yeah. you can actually see where your priorities are. Like, and I would say, and I love to say this to men, husband before father, and both before career. And I would say to women, again, who are mm. married, wife before mother. And that, that's biblical. And so when you do, when you answer the question, who am I? You can begin to look at, is my answer complete? Is my answer true? Is my answer in the right priority? And what is lacking? Did I not put down anything about character? Like, I think character is huge. You know that about me. Joy and generosity and gratitude and, you know, humility and integrity. Where would those things be on a list? If I were raising kids and I had them list 20 statements, how many would I want to be about character versus I'm an excellent athlete, I'm the yeah. star soccer player, I'm earning an A in English. Mm. None of that is irrelevant. But if you put your security and your identity in your performance, you will always compete. You'll never be satisfied because there's somebody always better than you. And once school is over, now what happens to those young people? They're not graded anymore. And now they don't know who they are. 
Is it necessary to revisit these questions at different stages in your life? Mm -hmm. Maybe you answer them one way as a kid, but, but maybe those answers change when you get mm -hmm. older. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I think it's really a fascinating exercise to do on a somewhat regular basis. And again, does the order shift, et cetera. I think if we had our children answer them regularly, we would find out what their priorities are. So what if six months ago they wrote down athlete in the top five, and now they don't? Something has shifted in their view of themselves. Mm. It might be a good shift. Or maybe you notice it as a negative change, and now you have a conversation to talk That's right. about. Can you imagine somebody who's, um, who's experienced maybe a, a loss of a relationship? Maybe they've gone through a divorce, and, and, and on the top of the list might be, I am uh, yeah. a wife. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they don't say that. Right. What kind of grief are they going through, and what sort of, where is their security and identity now? Absolutely. Wow, that can be a really traumatic event. Yeah, exactly. And it can actually change all five. Kathy, um, in your book, Five to Thrive, you, you share a story about Betsy, your niece, yeah. and how her core needs were met and how that impacted her life. Can you share that with us? Yeah, I would love to. So Betsy's my oldest niece. Um, my brother Dave married one of my best friends, Debbie, and infertile for 12 years, adopted Betsy. And uh, Betsy went through a traumatic period. She was questioning her belonging mm -hmm. for a season. You know, was she rejected? Was she not wanted by her birth parents? Was she really wanted by this new family? Were they going to really want her forever and ever? She's always known she was adopted. It was never kept a secret from her. And Kirk, it was so beautiful to watch her walk into this reality that I am wanted here. Like her belonging became solidified and she began to stop talking about adoption. Like we love that she's adopted. She was adopted on December 24th. So we got a baby oh, for wow. Christmas. It was so much <laughs> fun. And she is our, our, our gift to our family and she, really helped to make our whole family complete and it's special. But to watch her go, security, I am secure here. Identity, I am Deb and Dave Cook's daughter. I am the niece of Kathy Cook. It wasn't anymore, you know, I wasn't wanted by those people. And so to watch that shift, and we can watch for all people, they can become healthier at any point when they choose to investigate where am I lacking? Where's the anger coming from? Where is the discontentment? Where is the lack of satisfa satisfaction rooted? Mm. And what can I change? And to hang with them, like Deb and Dave, so proud of them, Kirk. They, they parented what I call, they parented long and strong. And they hung in with her and they set the boundaries when she was being a bit rebellious. And now they have the most phenomenal life. Mm. And now she's the mom of three little kids herself, which again, you and I both know wow. that, you know, she was, she was saved and adopted. And now look, she's a mom of three that wouldn't exist if she would not have been allowed to live. So it's a precious story. Thank you for sharing that. I know everybody's now dying to know what are the five core needs. So yeah. would you briefly just share what are the five core needs? Security, who can I trust? Not what can I trust, who can I trust? Identity, who am I? Belonging, who wants me? Does anybody know I'm alive? Purpose, why am I alive? Why was I created for such a time as this? And competence, what do I do well? Not what do I do perfectly, but what do I do well? So, Kathy, you talk about in your book how um, our core needs are both progressive and connected. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? I picture them as a pyramid. Uh, security, who can I trust, will affect my identity. If I don't know who I can trust, I will not know who I am. A lot of people think we have an identity crisis in our culture, and we do, but we have an identity crisis because we have a security crisis. Ooh. Because trustworthiness is lacking. When I know who I can trust and I know who I am, then I will know who will want me. And Kirk, I can teach friendship skills to anybody you give me, but if my identity is still, I am a jerk, or my security is, I must know more than anyone else, so my security is in my intellectual pride. 
then my belonging will be warped by that and unhealthy, right? Right. So each of the core needs fits on others and affect each other. And then purpose, why am I alive? It follows belonging because we're alive to serve. We're alive to leave the, be- the world a better place by interacting with other people. So again, if I'm lacking purpose, it's almost always because I don't have anyone to invest in. So if I watch people who have plateaued, actually the, the number one cause of suicide is a lack of purpose. A lot of people think it's belonging and it's related, but why should I keep living when the days are so dark? Go back to your identity. Do you know anything good about you? If I only know my negatives, because that's all anybody ever talks to me about, Mm. and my relationships are not healthy, they're negative and controlling, or I feel lost in in a, you know, pool of people, then my purpose is going to be iffy at best. And then competence, what do I do well, is based on purpose, why am I alive? If I don't know why I'm alive, I don't need to do anything well. If I don't know the purpose of school and education, then school doesn't matter and education doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it is a waste of time. So they're connected in that powerful way. They're also overlapping circles, if you can picture them that way. And they grow and they do change in our lifetime. Some of the answers will never change. Other answers will change as we meet new people. Like, I didn't know you a number of years ago. Now we know each other and I can place part of my security in you because you have proven to me to be a man of integrity and a man who trusts his, mm-hmm. you, you take your word seriously. So when you tell me something, I know that it's going to come forth. Okay, let's unpack each of our core needs, starting with security. Who can I trust? Who can I trust? Not what can I trust. If you place your security in things, they'll fade away. Don't put your security in your income, the, the obedient kids, the, mm. you know, the grades that you earn in school if you're in school. But it's security is placed in people. And first and foremost, Kirk, it's the triune God, Right. I can trust God because he created me yes. to love him well. How much more would he be able to do for me? He is faithful and wise and full of grace and mercy and truth and all of that. He's compassionate toward me. I can trust Jesus because he took my sins upon himself and died for me. How much more would I be willing to trust him for? And then the Holy Spirit who enters in as a gift and he's a teacher and a convictor, right? And a constant companion. So our security placed in the triune God changes everything. Wow. And then security here, that's the vertical security. Then we have horizontal security because God also beautifully creates us to have relationships here on earth. So moms and dads and step-parents and grandparents and siblings and teachers and pastors and priests and rabbis and friends. And again, the broader your security, the better off your whole life will be because it is the firm foundation of the pyramid. And then I'm also going to challenge people with this idea, Kirk, security in myself. Not instead of God. The scripture makes it very clear that you do not trust in yourself. You trust in the holy God. But I want to be able to be a person who can do right and be right even when no one's looking. I will do my work and I will be Kathy Cook, the person I know I'm called to be, even if there's no one watching. To trust myself to be who I was created to be. That's security. All three of those. Mm. Make sense? Yes, it makes such good sense. And we all want to be secure. Yes. And, and that leads to, to the next core need, identity. Who am I? Right. Boy, we're, we are experiencing an identity crisis in our culture today, particularly with our children. Yep. Talk, talk yeah. about this need. Yeah, and again, if you want to influence your children's identity, they must be secure in you. Show up, be on their side, be their advocate, put your phone down, tell the truth, say no to the no things and yes to the yes things. Create boundaries because boundaries create security. So be the security Mm. so that they care that you say, this is who I see you being, son. Daughter, this is who I see you being. So identity is who am I, not who was I. Leave the past in the past. 
Make sure that you're living your current identity right now and make sure it's complete. We have an emotional self, a social self, an intellectual self, a physical self, and a spiritual self. That would be a whole show probably unto its own, but we have to make sure that we don't place all of our eggs in one basket. If my security is I'm beautiful and my identity is I'm beautiful, and that's all I know about myself because that's all I'm ever told or that's all I ever value when I right. look in the mirror. What happens to me when I wake up with a bad hair day or somebody cuter comes into youth group or the corporate setting wearing something I wish I had owned. Now I have no security and I have no identity. So it'll kill you. You've got to know who you are completely with integrity, authority, and most importantly, Kirk, we are, for believers, children of God. If you don't yet know Christ, you're a searcher. You're on the road that we were all on at one point. Yeah. But if you found Christ, then your identity becomes child of God, saint who sometimes sins, not a sinner, um, a created in the image of God, miracle, who glorifies him through what I do and who I am. How you define yourself matters. Another core need is belonging. And you encourage us to ask the question, who wants me? Right. Who wants me? Can, can you talk about how we're wired for community? Yeah, no, it's so good. We are, right? I mean, we're not, and this is where we could talk all day about the COVID crisis and isolation and quarantine and how it changed people. We're not designed to live alone. We are designed to be connected, first of all, to God. He created us that we would worship him and praise him, yes. know him and make him known. And so that relationship of belonging ought to be key. And I'm going to say boldly, that should satisfy us. And yet he does create us for this horizontal relationship that we're exhibiting right here on camera and that people have hopefully in their home and in their community of their church and their school and their, where they volunteer and things like that. But we are wired to connect through who we are and not just what we do. It's who wants me, not who needs me. Need is a part of purpose, but to be wanted. Do you know mm. yourself? Identity, is your identity strong enough and positive enough that you can present yourself to somebody? Here's the key thing, Kirk. If somebody says, tell me a little bit about yourself, what do you say? And if you have nothing to say, or you have to guard your tongue in that moment, then your identity is iffy and it will affect your relationships belonging. We do have a need to connect. It starts with identity and security. I can give you almost anybody who's lonely is lonely because their identity is I am lonely. Mm. Change your identity to I am creative. I am a confident speller, I mean, whatever it might be. I love athletics. I sit in front of the TV every Sunday. Know who you are so you can find the people who will want to connect with you. Here's another one, the fourth one, purpose. Why am I alive? Yeah. Uh, so many people ask this question, you know, God, why am I here? What, what, what on earth am I supposed to be doing with my life? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's agree that it's not about career. Right? So people get caught up in how am I going to make money and how am I going to serve? Now for men, be a provider, protector. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not saying careers are relevant, but we're alive to worship God if mm. you're a believer. We're alive to love God and to make him known and to be discipled into the things of the faith. I think we're alive to become more like Christ. I think we're alive to become who he created us to be mm. when he chose to knit us together. What was his purpose for us? So those things matter greatly. And then to know your identity and to know who you're called to makes a difference. You know, as a kid, I was a chatty Cathy. Now people pay me to talk and write. Like, it's so fun, right? <laughs> but identity, it will show up in your purpose. Again, I say to people who are lacking confidence in why they were created, do you know who you are? 
not who you desire to be, but are you willing to really dig down deep and figure out who you really are? And then again, who wants you? Who are you called to serve to leave the world a better place is part of your purpose. You do that through serving people. So if you're lacking purpose, why am I alive? If you're desperately looking for what I call the Esther moment, for such a time as this, hey, Ephesians 2.10 says we were created in advance to do good gifts that we would walk in them. Unpack that in yourself. Hang out with truth talkers and wisdom walkers as you're belonging so that they'll tell you who you are so that they'll help you figure out why you're alive. And the final core need, competence. What do I do well? Uh, I love how you say in your book, competence is not about surpassing others or being superior to them. So what is competence yeah. about? Competence is the ability to fulfill my purpose. So competence in general, again, would be to have the skill set that you need to glorify God, because that's our primary purpose. So the Christian disciplines of prayer and worship and faithfulness and all those kinds of things. But when we know our purpose, then we will discover our competence. Competence is doing what I've been called to do. I don't need your competence because I don't have your exact purpose. You don't need mine because mm. you don't have my exact Whoa, that's purpose. freeing right there. That, it is. that is liberating. It is. For me to say, I don't have the knowledge that Dr. Kathy does. I don't have the ability to speak like you do. Uh, so uh, articulately um, explaining things like this, but I don't need to. No. Because that's not my purpose. I have a lane that God's given me. I just need to be good at my purpose, which is different than your purpose. Amen. So let's stop competing. And we don't have to comparing. compete. Exactly. Now we can complement one another by working yes. together for a common purpose. You can't just seek God for your competence. God, give me the A. God, give me the answers I need right. so my supervisor will promote me. You can't just look at God for competence. If right. you haven't met him, if you will, for those first four, your competence is gonna be very shaky. Christ has to be your security. Christ has to be your identity. God has to be the desire you have for belonging. You ask God for your purpose, and then he'll help you with your competence. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.